Hey, it's Gabe. I want to recommend a podcast I think you'll enjoy called What Could Go Right. On What Could Go Right, the hosts, Progress Network founder Zachary Carabell and Executive Director Emma Varva-Lucas, sit down with expert guests to discuss the world's most pressing issues. They look back at how far society has come and look forward to what it will take to achieve a brighter future. If you're looking for a weekly dose of optimistic ideas from smart people, listen to What Could Go Right wherever you get your podcasts. What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com slash consulting. IBM. Let's create. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's the groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. This Father's Day, power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. Find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that believes there's no time like the present to learn about the past. I'm Gabe Luzier, and today we're talking about a shameful act of state-sanctioned terrorism that embarrassed the nation of France and shocked the rest of the world. The day was August 26, 1985. French officials denied any involvement in the recent bombing of the anti-nuclear protest vessel Rainbow Warrior. For nearly a decade, the modified fishing trawler had served as the flagship of Greenpeace, an international conservation group. It had first used the vessel in a series of protests against whale and seal hunting in the late 1970s and early 80s. In 1985, the Rainbow Warrior also began protesting French nuclear testing in the South Pacific. In early July of that year, the ship was moored in the Waitemata Harbor in Auckland, New Zealand, where it was being prepped for another protest at Mururoa Atoll. However, the Rainbow Warrior never made its departure. Instead, it became the target of a terrorist attack, one that wound up sinking the ship and killing a Greenpeace photographer. French Secret Service agents were quickly blamed for the bombing, and though the French government initially denied the allegation, it was later forced to admit that it had indeed ordered the attack. Just before midnight on July 10, 1985, two French intelligence agents 
put on diving gear, and swam beneath the Rainbow Warrior. Their mission was to neutralize the ship so that it couldn't continue its protest campaign at the next nuclear test site. To do this, the agents attached two powerful naval mines, known as limpets, to the hull of the ship. One explosive was placed near the propeller and was meant to render the ship inoperable and too costly to repair. The other was placed on the exterior wall of the engine room and was meant to sink the vessel entirely. The first mine was detonated at 11.38pm and the second not long after. The blasts tore a massive hole in the ship's hull, killing its power and sending a torrent of water rushing through the vessel. All of the crew and passengers on board managed to escape before the ship sank, except for one person, a 35-year-old Portuguese-Dutch photographer named Fernando Pereira. He had joined the Greenpeace crew to document French nuclear testing and had stayed on the ship after the first explosion in order to retrieve his camera equipment. Unfortunately, when the second, more powerful bomb went off, Pereira was trapped by the incoming water and drowned. New Zealand police immediately suspected France's involvement in the bombing, as no one else stood to gain from the sinking of an anti-nuclear protest ship. These suspicions were seemingly confirmed two weeks later, when two French agents posing as Swiss tourists were caught trying to flee the country. The two agents, Dominique Priard and Alain Meffard, were arrested on charges of murder, arson, and possession of false passports. By that point, French authorities had already denied any knowledge of the operation, but in light of the arrests, President François Mitterrand appointed a special investigator to conduct a formal inquiry. On August 26th, that investigator, Bernard Tricot, released a report fully exonerating the French government. He conceded that the agents arrested did belong to French intelligence, but said they had only been sent to New Zealand to spy on the Rainbow Warrior, not to blow it up. According to Trico, quote, All that I have heard and seen makes me certain that no decision was taken at the government level aimed at damaging the Rainbow Warrior. Understandably, New Zealand Prime Minister David Lang wasn't buying it. He condemned Trico's report, saying that, quote, Worse than just lacking in credibility, it paints a completely false picture, which cannot be sustained according to the evidence. Some French officials couldn't stomach the report either. Alain Madeleine, a conservative deputy in the National Assembly, said, quote, The report takes the French people for imbeciles. It would have us believe that the government sends out frogmen when it needs photos. French officials stuck to their dubious story for the next several weeks, but they had to change their tune when a British newspaper revealed evidence that the attack had been authorized by the French government. In a televised statement on September 23rd, French Prime Minister Laurent Fabius confirmed the ugly truth. He said, quote, Agents of the DGSE, the French Secret Service, sank this boat. They acted on orders. The truth about this affair is cruel but it is essential that it be clearly and thoroughly established. French officials maintained that it was not the head of state who gave the order to sink the Rainbow Warrior, but decades later, it was discovered that President Francois Mitterrand had indeed ordered the bombing. 
Meanwhile, back in Auckland, the French agents pled guilty to lesser charges, manslaughter and willful damage of property. Each was sentenced to about 10 years in prison, but due to a deal brokered by the UN, the agents spent less than two years in a French prison before being released and returned to active service. At least three other agents were suspected in the bombing, but no other conspirators ever stood trial for the crime. A year after the incident, France issued a formal apology and paid New Zealand $21 million in compensation. While it's true the attack had been aimed at Greenpeace and not at New Zealand itself, it was nonetheless the first act of terrorism committed on the country's shores. For that reason, most Kiwis found it difficult to forgive and forget, and relations between the two once amiable nations remained tense for years to come. As for the Rainbow Warrior, it was damaged beyond repair, just as the French government had planned. On December 12, 1987, the half-sunk ship was towed to Matori Bay, where it was submerged and turned into an artificial reef, a refuge for marine life and a destination for recreational divers. According to Greenpeace, the name Rainbow Warrior was taken from an old prophecy from the Cree people. When the world is sick and dying, the people will rise up like warriors of the rainbow. The original ship never rose again, but a few years later Greenpeace launched a new vessel, the Rainbow Warrior II. For more than two decades, that replacement ship carried on the mission of the original, campaigning for nuclear disarmament and environmental protection throughout the world, including in French Polynesia. France's nuclear program continued off and on until January 27, 1996, when the last French nuclear weapon was detonated beneath the Mururoa Atoll. Nine months later, France finally signed the Comprehensive Nuclear Test Ban Treaty, ending its harmful three-decade run of nuclear testing in the Pacific. The Rainbow Warrior II has since been decommissioned, but in 2011, Greenpeace launched a third ship, known simply as Rainbow Warrior. Unlike the first two vessels, the third ship wasn't converted from an existing model. Instead, it was the world's first ship purpose-built for environmental protests and scientific excursions. At the time of recording, Rainbow Warrior is still in service, a floating tribute to the original and to the dream of a more green and peaceful future for all of us. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you enjoyed today's episode, consider following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to send them my way at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thanks to you for listening. I'll see you back here again soon for another day in history class. A collision between a Chinese jet and an American spy plane. He came and rammed into our left wing. With relations increasingly strained, what are the chances of things spinning out of control? The Western world was asleep. 
I'm Gordon Carrera. I'll be exploring the friction in this most important of relationships and asking, has the West taken its eye off the ball? You cannot ignore China. From BBC Radio 4, this is Shadow War, China and the West. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. What are you looking for in a new smart TV? 4K picture quality? High quality and immersive sound? A sleek design? All of those are givens, but only the new Roku Pro series has all of those and the Roku streaming experience, an award-winning OS. Get fast, easy access to all your apps like iHeart, where you can stream all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts all day, and regular all-inclusive trips to Roku City. The new Roku Pro series, a smart TV built by the streaming pros. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, guys? This is Sean. Lights Out Merriment. And Saturday, June 15th, Lights Out Extreme Fighting 17 returns to Casino Palma in San Diego. Get your tickets now at LightsOutXF.com. And we'll be live on Lights Out Sports TV, available on all major platforms. Doors open at 5 p.m. Pacific. You don't want to miss this one. It's going to be Lights Out. Lights Out Sports is free sports TV by athletes for fans. For details about the event and tickets, go to LightsOutXF.com.